Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Let's continue our position previews here on the Online Enquirer podcast, and we go from a position of great strength and depth and proven ability at running back to a position that's gone under a lot of change and likely needed to at wide receiver, which has been outside of Josh Matorbebe, not a very productive position here in the past, but George McDonald, Tony Peterson, and Brett Bielma all combined efforts to really renovate this receiver room, and I think it needed it. So with the position I thought that was weakest, uh, that they took over here with a lot of question marks and not a lot of proven ability. But since January, they have added nine different wide receivers, new nine new wide receivers to this room, most notably Isaiah Williams, former quarterback, former top 247 prospect, Jafar Armstrong, the Notre Dame transfer. They add a guy back as well um, in – Casey Washington, Caleb Griffin, a former kicker. He's still kicking the ball for Illinois. It's kind of in this room at times, but a lot of new faces, a lot of new talent, including Patrick Bryan, a freshman, some walk-ons in this room. Uh, but Joey Wagner, this room looks way different than it did, uh, and it needed to, uh, several months ago. You know, I remember looking at this like the first day of spring ball, which was March, end of March, I want to say, maybe in the early part of April. And we looked at each other, and it was like, oh, my I don't know what's gonna, what this is gonna look like, but I don't think it's gonna look very good. And to their credit, they went and they did everything they could to raise the floor, right? Like we don't know what Isaiah Williams is gonna look like at wide receiver. We think we have a pretty good idea, but we don't know. We don't know, you know, we've seen Casey Washington, but it's not like he's been a complete game changer as two years. I, I like Casey, I have since the second he caught a ball with one hand in the training camp as a freshman, but it's not like that's, you're not getting an All-American in that position, right? I mean, he could be a very good and productive player. So they've, they've just given themselves more options, more variables, that if this doesn't work, maybe this will. And maybe it all will, or maybe none of it will. But you've got to have more options because as you looked in that early part of, uh, of spring ball, it's like, oh, Carlos Sandy is like the number you know, four or five guy getting reps. It's no knock on Carlos Sandy, but he's not was he maybe got like four college catches in his career you and I were looking at Kamari Thompson as a guy who might need to break through we saw some flashes in the spring had a solid spring game but it's a guy who switched positions his first year to a defensive back and he moved back to wide receiver so yeah you're looking at that room Delvon Campbell like would have had to be a major player now you look at that and the top I think six of this group looks very different and the guys like Sandy and, and Delvon Campbell they're in that six seven eight group so you feel a lot better about your top options, but a lot of those guys still remain unproven. Yeah, and if you look at this position by history, right, like think of the last two Northwestern games, there's just not been a lot of bodies available. From you know, Injuries are a part of football. Those are going to happen. Uh, they've happened pretty frequently as the seasons have worn on, but now at least you've got a little more of what you hope is death. But the, the thing we have to keep putting over this is, 
they've not proven anything, right? I mean, or at least not much in a lot of these guys' case. And, and I think there is a reason everyone is hyping Isaiah Williams. And I think it is justified. But we don't know that, right? We don't know what's going to happen come game time. And, you know, I would lean towards it's going to go well. But you just it's hard to know all of these things. So talent, yeah. I mean, there are talented players, and they're just not players who have proven – much on the football field. And even with a Matt Torbebe, this was not a good group, right? I mean, you think about what they've done the last several years, and I'm looking at your uh, receiver primer here, Joey, and they've ranked no better than 11th in the Big Ten uh, since 2015 in passing yards. That's a quarterback problem, but I think also think it's been a wide receiver problem. And ever since Mikey Dudek suffered his first injury, this group has really struggled, even though there's been a good piece like a Matt Torbebe or Malik Turner or you know Geronimo Allison right before that. Um, but this group also was the worst uh, in the Big Ten in yards after catch last season and drops have been a major problem, and that includes Amato Orbebe uh, the last couple years. So I do want to mention before we dive into the topic that everyone's excited about and Isaiah Williams, and we will give plenty of time in this podcast to Isaiah, I do want to dive into two of the guys that are a little bit more known and two of the guys that I think we know are going to be a big part of this wide receiver rotation, and that's Donnie Navarro and Brian Hightower. I thought Brian Hightower, a former four-star prospect, was at Miami for a couple years, played uh, as a freshman. I thought he showed some flashes last year. I uh, just didn't get to see a lot of him. Nine, I think it was 11 receptions, 200-plus yards, three touchdowns. I thought when Isaiah Williams was in the game, that's when we started to see a little bit from him. Karan Taylor, uh, but for whatever reason, with Brandon Peters, there, there wasn't a lot of a connection there. But you see the physical ability, right? Six foot three, 220 pounds, big. I think George McDonald told me he's trying to get him to be a little bit more physical as well, but big, athletic, uh, and can just find a way to get open and use that big catch radius. So while I'm not expecting Josh Matt Torbebe production, I think he's capable of something like that because the physical talent uh, certainly is there. So, you know, him and Casey Washington, clearly to me, Joey, are your big physical options on the perimeter and, and the kind that you think you need in, in an offense like this where they're going to run the ball a little bit, but you also need somebody to be a, a downfield threat. So I think Brian Hightower, I don't know if he'll be number one in receptions or number four in receptions, but he will be in that mix. And I think he's probably your best downfield target. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out what the, this, I don't want to call it a disconnect, but there was, I mean, Brandon Peters had a very good chemistry with Josh Bebe. I mean, and frankly, he should have. I mean, Josh kind of bailed him out of a couple throws over the course of two years. So, I, you know, then I got to thinking, if you're throwing it outside, do you go into somebody you know inside and out like Bebe, or are you going to, to Brian Hightower, who is talented, but you just maybe, you know, you're trying to build a relationship in a pandemic, weird start-stop thing. What's that look like? But, yeah, I mean, if there's somebody you're going to say who's going to be the closest to Josh Bebe's role, you're going to look at Brian Hightower. And, and I think Casey Washington would be – one B to that, one you know maybe two I suppose, but you can't have enough like left-handed pitchers. I mean, you can't have enough wide receivers, and you can't really have enough big bodies to jump and bail out a quarterback and be a really good athlete that makes a hard play that keeps things moving and gives a little bit of a spark. I think he can be that, and he was highly rated out of high school for a reason. 
And then you look at Donnie Navarro, a guy that I was actually kind of shocked the limited production and limited playing time uh, he really had last season for a team that needed some wideouts to step up, had some uh, issues with availability last year at wide receiver. But the last two seasons, a former walk-on, Donnie Navarro, 35 receptions, 433 yards, two touchdowns uh, during those seasons. Um, just I, I always use this word with him. He's a craftsman, right? He's not very big. He's not the fastest guy, but he is really dedicated to knowing the craft of wide receiver and just the little things of being able to get separation, knowing leverage, knowing coverages. He's a guy who finds a way to get open. I thought when Brandon came back in that Nebraska game, Donnie had a really good performance in that game. So I think he's kind of your safety blanket, right? He's the guy who can find a way to get open. But he's also a guy that this staff has said is more than just a slot receiver. He can play on the outside. So he does give you some versatility where, you know, if you've got three wide receiver sets, Isaiah Williams can be in the slot, Donnie Navarro, Brian Hightower, Casey Washington, those guys can be on the outside. So I think he's going to be more productive. I don't think he's ever going to be the star but he's a guy at the end of a game, you wouldn't be surprised if he has six catches for 67 yards or you know some kind of performance like that where he's got a case where he might be able to lead this team in receptions even if he isn't the big play threat all the time. Yeah, and of those six receptions, you can imagine a scenario where three of them move the chains for a first down. And I didn't play quarterback, Jeremy, but I'm sure you could ask any quarterback and the guy who's constantly mostly open six yards seven yards eight yards down the field it's like your best friend man somebody you can just find and just keeps things moving that's what donnie's been he's he's really been i mean last year was weird i mean i so much of how i think about this team is hard for me to separate last year because i don't think that's a true indicator of reality but he's been so steady always right he's not gonna outside of the wisconsin game in 2019 i remember him streaking down the field for a touchdown he's probably not going to beat a lot of defensive backs, you know, down the field. But it matter, man, 8 to 12 yards, 15 yards, that moves it. And that, that is – that gets you out of those three and outs, right? And the, we saw a lot of those last year. And, and Donnie's a guy who can, who can be that safety blanket. I think we'll get into it in another pod. I think tight ends exist in that category as well. But for a wide receiver, steady is great. Let's talk about two other veterans of this group. Casey Washington is back, and um, you've always been a huge fan of him since his first camp. Uh, he's kind of flashy uh, when we were able to watch practice, unlike the 10 minutes of scrim of uh, stretching we saw today. Uh, but Casey's big, physical. He's a proven um, wide receiver at this level, at least in the rotation. Can he take a leap? That's the big question. The good news is when he entered the transfer portal, it's not like he wasn't valued, right? Wake Forest uh, wanted him, got him. There was an academics credit issue where he had to come back in the portal. And he was kind of hanging around here on campus, finishing up some, some classes. And, you know, Illinois became an option again for him. And it makes a lot of sense for both parties. You know, Casey seems like a great teammate. Big physical wide out with some athleticism can help you stretch the field. I think he can help you as a blocker. Uh, but for the staff, they needed to upgrade that room. And while I think he's got to prove himself as a starter at this level, he does give you some proven veteran depth and a guy that you know can produce and has shown some flashes uh, as a wide out here. So just adds to the competition, right? And they really need to add to the competition, whether it's Brian Hightower or Jafar Armstrong. Both those guys need to be pushed in case you can help push them. Yeah, I have been a huge fan of Casey Washington. If you remember his story, Jimmy, if I'm not mistaken, he was in like some sort of wing offense in high school. It was a really good find by former receivers coach Andrew Hay Stoker to get him here. And it's one of those where you looked at him, you thought, how is he ranked where he was ranked? Because, you know, he's not 
a superstar uh, to this point, but there are skills where it's like that. That probably would translate better if people saw him a little bit more. And again, another man, big body, wide receiver. The same thing I said about Brian Hightower. Just exist, go up and get the football. And it's that's great news for Illinois to have him. I, I don't want to say I'm surprised they you know welcomed him back because I think it all made sense, but kind of shows a little bit about Brett Bielema and this coaching staff and understanding where they had a need and understanding that the kid entered the portal, you know, after the coaching change and it all worked out. So we'll see what he brings. I, I don't think they need him. You know, there were games last year, two years that he started, right? I don't think you need that out of him this year. Maybe he plays himself into that role, but I don't think anyone's going into camp thinking like, okay, he's definitely an outside starter, at least for us in the media, and I don't think a lot of fans are thinking that way. Maybe we've, we're missing some goldmine of information in there that we can't see, but just to have another – all too often in the past, it's been like after the top two or three receivers, it's like, oh, my gosh, they can't really really sub anybody in because there's not a lot, and he's a guy who could be that. Yeah, okay, and then you had Jafar Armstrong, a uh, guy who at, at Notre Dame his freshman year had about 500 total yards, um, you know, really was a versatile speed threat on offense, but he was playing running back, right? He's a, he's a sprinter in, in high school and a really good one, went to state in Kansas and, you know, obviously has that speed. And now he's he's a bigger guy too, six foot three, 210 pounds, uh, did switch to wide receiver at Notre Dame last year because Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree are great, great running backs at Notre Dame. But he's proven at the top level as somebody who can make plays, right? And I'm really interested to see how they use him, Joey. Um, he is expecting to, to play mostly on the perimeter with Illinois, but he is a guy that I think you can put in a slot, even though he's not the typical slot body of this like kind of undersized quick cat. Um, he is big, physical, and fast. And that, that's where it's going to be really interesting to see where they can use him. You know, I asked Tony Peterson about him, George McDonald about him, uh, and obviously they've only had him in practice for, for one week, but just an interesting weapon that they add. And, and again, another piece, another depth, more competition, but he is unique to that room. Like Kamari Thompson and him have some similarities to me in that they're both bigger bodies, have some strength to them, but also have some straight line speed uh, that maybe they can take the top off of defense or be a guy who can be in the jet sweep, just kind of unrefined wide receivers maybe, but interesting pieces right there. Yeah, I think you nailed it with the interesting piece. And I think a little bit, if you zoom out a little bit, there's, you know, we talked about Casey Washington and Brian Hightower being similar pieces, right? We, we talked about Kamari Thompson and Jafar Armstrong, but outside of that top seven, eight, there's not a lot of super, super like pieces, which is another interesting part of this. Outside of the, the ones we've covered, each can do something a little bit differently, and that's that is kind of intriguing. It's definitely intriguing, kind of exciting to see how they do this. And obviously, it was a priority for them to, to fix and get that. But yeah, J- Jafar Armstrong's kind of hard for me to gauge because you know, not often you see this kind of career trajectory of running back, good, you know, good running back as a freshman. You move all around. And then just we have not seen this guy do anything other than some individual drills. I have no earthly idea outside of assuming on the perimeter what they're going to do with him. Yeah, that's why it's, it's easier for us to project Brian Hightower because we've seen him in a Big Ten offense, right, and, and, and what he looks like at that position, Donnie Navarro at that position. We haven't seen that from Javar Armstrong. So it'll be very interesting to see how they use him. All right, we've gone <laughs> – 15 minutes without bringing up Isaiah Williams. People are like, would you get to Isaiah Williams and Marquez Beeson? When we come back, let's get to the big position changes, the former top 247 prospects who've moved into that wide receiver room. That's next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, potentially the most impactful wide receiver of this group is a former quarterback, Isaiah Williams. And this is a move that's long been speculated, and I think it needed time because Isaiah Williams no matter what you thought of him as a quarterback, was one of Illinois' best options. And some people could have argued at certain points last year he was their best option. He won as many games as a starter last year uh, as Brandon Peters. And I thought the offense looked like it was most lively when he was in games last year. But it's a new staff. They want something different out of quarterbacks. And the one question I had of whether he could move to wide receiver is whether Illinois felt confident enough in its backup quarterback. Well, they move Isaiah Williams to wide receiver at Art Sikowski, so that makes this move so much easier. And for me, a no-brainer at this point for a team that for too long has missed a difference maker, a playmaker, Joey, who can get the ball in space and just make a big play. And we saw it last year as Isaiah Williams ran for 192 yards against Rutgers, had some big moments against Penn State. He just makes plays when sometimes plays aren't there. It's the same kind of impact Wandale Robinson made at Nebraska or Rondale Moore makes at Purdue. I don't know if Isaiah will be as good as those guys, but he could be as, as good as like a Wandale in my opinion. Um, and that's why they make this move. And they are not dampening the hype here. And I think that is for a reason. And I could tell you they are very high on his ability. And I would be shocked if he is not a huge part of this offense and one of their top wide receivers this year. It's just going to be how do they get him the ball? How consistent is he at a new position? Uh, how reliable is he in running all these routes? But he's a very intelligent guy, knows the offense from the quarterback position, and uh, just gives Illinois a much-needed playmaker, Joey. It's, it's going to be one of the most exciting parts of the season, in my opinion, is seeing how he impacts the offense. Look, think of it like this. We know what his offer sheet looked like. Alabama, Clemson, or I don't know, maybe Ohio State was in there, Georgia. They don't mis-evaluate talent, right? Like, if they're offering you, it is for a reason. Like, it, very few times can you look at those programs and be like, uh, that just didn't, maybe it didn't work because there wasn't a lot of, you know, opportunity. But if there's opportunity there, it works. And usually when a lot of those players transfer, it works in some capacity. So for a while, Isaiah was interesting, right? Because, like, you know, you'd heard some buzz and it's like, oh, man, maybe he's, he's looking good. And you wondered, like, what is the coaching staff? How are they going to present this kid to the world, right? Like, are they going to slowly kind of make this happen? No, no. <laughs> Brett Bielema, the first we really heard it was at media day, and I think lightning in a bottle, a five-star time, the whole nine yards. And like, oh man, they're they believe in this, and and probably for good reason. Like you said, it's just not a piece they've had in a while. I, I don't know who 
the last and there is the, the other part of me that's like this kid has played like five snaps at wide receiver in college so like slow down a little bit but it's hard when when they're putting you on the car and driving it fast so yeah. good no i think i think there's there's definitely an element of i mean he's still got to prove it right he's got to show like can he do this position but i think we know if he runs the right route and if he catches the ball once he gets the ball in his hands, it's the same after that. It's make plays, and that's basically what he told me. But there's a process of learning, all right, this is how I get open. This is how I read the defense. This is how I use leverage uh, to get open and to get to my spot that Brandon Peters is expecting me. There's a comfort level between those two that has to go. Obviously, they know each other well, and they've been competitors the last couple of years, uh, slash teammates. But now there's a different kind of thing. But Isaiah has, he, he goes, I know what Brandon likes in wide receivers from being all this time in the quarterback room. It's just a really intriguing piece uh, and, and could be one of the most important pieces of this offense because you said, when's the last time Illinois had a guy quite like this? Mikey Dudek was a kind of a Donnie Navarro in a bigger, more athletic, faster body, right? Um, and he was certainly a great athlete. He didn't have the change of direction Isaiah Williams has. Isaiah might be similar speed to Mikey. Um, not the burner speed, but he is faster than a lot of people they've had in the, in the slot here recently. So just that changing ability of he can have Reggie Corbin-like moves in the open field with more speed, right? Like that's what's so intriguing about what Isaiah can do at this position. But he has to prove it now. Uh, and that's what's going to be really intriguing. And I think Nebraska, who recruited Isaiah pretty hard, they're going to be like, man, what are, what are they going to, how are they going to use this guy? Um, but I have high expectations for him. I don't know what his stats will look like, Joey. Is it 50 receptions for 700 yards? I think he's capable of a season like that. But more likely, is it, you know, 20, you know, how, how many, five or six, seven touches a game where he can just be an explosive threat and, and really, be a guy that defenses have to account for, which could open up a lot for other players, whether it's the run game and Chase Brown and Reggie Love and Chase Hayden or Brian Hightower on the outside or Donnie DeVaro on the outside. You know, one of the things that interests me, the, not the most, but a big part of this is the George McDonald factor. I mean, this guy is very well thought of in the coaching world. I mean, there's a reason Brett Bielema tried to get him the first time around, got him, and then, I mean, He's a very good wide receivers coach. He's probably on a trajectory, if he wants to be, that's going to help him elevate his career. How quickly – well, I don't have any doubt that he can get Isaiah to the point that Isaiah knows all the ins and outs and intricacies, but how quickly can that happen? It feels a little bit like a nice match of two guys who are very, very football smart, who are very – like, George McDonald's a really intense dude, and he's very – I mean, obviously, you got to be dedicated. That's kind of a silly thing to say, but he, he's very driven in that sense, and so is Isaiah. So it's like you got these two guys who kind of think alike and approach things alike, and, and one of them is learning from a guy who's really, really good at this. And can that expedite the process a little bit? And maybe what he looks like on August 28th against Nebraska isn't what he looks like on September 28th or whenever that you know, final week in September is. So his growth game to game is something that I don't remember the last person I thought like, okay, what's he going to look like 
in a month from now. Yeah. I mean, usually you, you have a pretty good idea, like what you get in the beginnings, more or less what you're going to, but I don't know that that's the case for Isaiah. And it may be, maybe he's just as good on the 28th. I think he's going to be later, but I think his gradual growth and progression is something to watch. Yeah, and uh, McDonald also developed a former quarterback who changed positions. Uh, Jacoby Myers was a dual-threat quarterback recruit of NC State, but after a year or two, they changed him to wide receiver, and he became one of the best wide receivers in NC State history. He broke Torrey Holt's single-season reception record, uh, and he's gone on. wasn't drafted, but he's gone on the last two years to be really good uh, for the New England Patriots. I think Isaiah Williams has that kind of potential where he's – potentially one of the best NFL prospects if he takes to this position really well. And what I've always told everybody about Isaiah is he's got a special it factor. And I'm not talking just talent. He's got the talent. He's an elite talent, as you you talked about with his offer list. He is such a driven, um, serious individual. He's a great leader. He's such a hard worker. And he's incredibly intelligent. Um, And I, I think all of those things, you know, good culture guy, good in the locker room. I think all of those things make me bet on Isaiah Williams, and I think this staff knows that. Obviously, Corey Patterson knows him extremely well, uh, but I think Brett Beal must seen that out of him as well, that there's a special it factor about him. And, and the biggest thing is, I, I know some people might take the headline, Jeremy just projected 50 receptions for seven hundred. No, I'm just saying, like, I don't know what to project for him. It's really hard to do, but what I will say is he's going to be on the field a lot. And you saw how much the last staff almost forced their way to trying to get him on the field, and it didn't work all that well because he was playing quarterback. Now it's more natural where you have Brandon Peters always as your quarterback, and then Isaiah, whether it's 50 60% of snaps, he's going to be on the field and be that big play threat for you. And that's, that's what they've lacked for a while. The Jacoby Myers thing is really interesting because there's another tie to him, which is obviously Brett Bielma, right? Brett was in New England. when I'm wondering if there's any conversation that's happened between – Isaiah Williams and Jacoby Myers, just because there are a few different, you know, paths that lead back that lead those two to one another. But yeah, he kind of similar to Jafar Armstrong, where it's just a little hard to project. Only I think we know how they're going to use Isaiah more. I would say like eighty percent of the time, I have a pretty good understanding of how they're going to use him. I think so. Like that part is different than Jafar in the sense of, but in terms of projecting, I just don't know. I mean, I I think. That yards after catch stat that that's not very pretty. My my guess is that's going to increase this year with Isaiah, and that's good news, right? Well, all I can tell you is, you know, when Mookie Cooper went on the transfer market, like I'd watch Isaiah, and Isaiah was different with making people miss in the open field. Mookie Cooper just had a different level of speed, but. Illinois added Isaiah Williams when they made that position switch. Like George McDonald before that was like, oh, I need another transfer. I need to add somebody. Once he got Isaiah, he was happy. He was like, I got my guy. Like, they got their big transfer, and, and Brett's called them kind of a five-star talent. That certainly is the case. They had another former top 100 prospect to the room, Marquez Beeson. But I, a lot of people are asking about him, and I get it, because he's such a good prospect, uh, such a great high school player, um, so highly ranked. But the sad part is we haven't seen much of Marquez Beeson. He moves from cornerback where he wanted to play, and for the first week of his training camp at Illinois, he was unbelievable. Looked like the best corner on the team, and that included Nate Hobbs, and I think at the time Tony Adams was playing corner. And he's towards ACL, uh, fifth or sixth practice in, and last year we saw him on the field a little bit, but he wasn't the same, didn't look very confident, wasn't very physical. He needs to add a lot of strength. But we've barely seen him on the field uh, since he's changed positions to wide receiver. So while he's got the talent to do it, he still seems to be working his way back from from some injury issues. Not sure exactly what those are, 
but I, I just don't see him as an impact because George McDonald doesn't know what he has in Marquez Beeson yet. So for me, Isaiah Williams is an immediate impact, game changer for Illinois. Marquez Beeson, I think it's more of a long-term, let's wait and see what he can add. Yeah, and it, it's just so tough because at least Isaiah's got a handful of college games that he's played in and understands all, and on offense, no less, right? We just haven't seen that out of Marquez. And you root for the kid because you don't want to see – you know, this an injury really derail everything, and maybe wide receiver is the best fit for him as a whole. But like you said, it's it's really hard for us to project somebody we just have not seen, and and hopefully we're wrong, right? I mean, I'd love to be wrong about this and see Marquez go out there and, and play really good football, but I just don't I don't know one that it's needed for Illinois to be successful this year. And two, I just don't know that it's something I'm anticipating. Right I just don't now. think it's realistic right now, based that he hasn't been practicing through the spring. That and was... now, like right now, I would say Patrick Bryant, the freshman, who is big, physical, athletic, stronger probably than, than Marquez Beeson. Like I would think he's higher on the depth chart right now. I'm not projecting a big impact for Patrick Bryant either, but at least as a true freshman but I think it's just realistic. Like We haven't seen any of that. We haven't heard any of that. So I just don't think the expectations for Marquez Beeson year one, despite his name, despite his pedigree, should be very high compared to Isaiah Williams. Yeah, I agree with that. Can we talk about Patrick Bryant real yeah. quick? Because I kind of like the kid. I, I, and it's one of those where – Love him as a recruit. I thought that was a great gift for them last year, his Power 5 offer list. And you know, I went down and saw him down in Jacksonville last time, uh, last year at this time, and uh, really impressive physical prospect. Yeah, and, the, and unlike – you know, we talked about Casey. Remember him coming in as a freshman? They had to really put him out there early. And, you know, he, he did fine with it, but they don't necessarily need to do that with Patrick Bryant. It's like if he's ready, that's great news, right? If there's a point where McDonald and Bielema and Tony Peterson think he can help, that's, that's even better. But I, for a longer-term prospect, especially as some of this room gets a little bit older and, you know, th that starts to the, – the landscape of it changes, I kind of like where he fits in there. He's a bigger kid. He's a good athlete. I – I think they could have something there. They just don't need to have it right now. The interesting thing about this room, Joey, is none of these guys, besides Desmond Dan, uh, the transfer who just has, hasn't stayed healthy, hasn't really broken through, none of these guys are seniors. All these guys have at least another year of eligibility. Jafar Armstrong, Brian Hightower, and Donnie Navarro. Uh, your sophomore classes, Kamari Thompson, Carlos Sandy, Dale Von Campbell, Casey Washington, and then Patrick Bryan, Isaiah Williams, and Marquez Beeson are all freshmen. And then you've added four three-star prospects in the class of 2022, including the in-state kids, uh, Hank Beatty and Ian Pugh, very different wideouts. Ian, this long, athletic, fast, but needs to add strength. Hank Beatty is your, your typical slot, kind of Donnie Navarro-ish. Uh, and then Ashton Hollins, this sleeper, six foot four, ridiculously fast, but a quarterback in high school, so he's going to need time to develop. And then Sean Miller, a kid that is a top 500 prospect and felt like just a couple things went your way in that recruitment and you're able to get a big-time prospect at IMG Academy. That's a really strong class that George McDonald has put together. So the long-term future of this class, or even the short term, I like a lot more than <laughs> where we were looking at in the spring. It's just now we got to see it on the field. Now we got to see how it all plays out on the field. But they've done a great job of revamping this room. Um, now let's see what George McDonald can get out of him. And given George McDonald's history at NC State, Miami, coaching the NFL with Cleveland Browns, you feel good about the development uh, of what he can accomplish with that group, given the talent upgrades he has. Yeah, I don't feel obviously as good about long-term as I do with running back, but I don't 
feel as bad as I thought I was going to feel. Um, and that's really, a, I don't know that I, I mean, this is a huge makeover, man. And eight months without really, you know, usually when you see a makeover, remember a few years ago, they get Joshi Matobebe and Trayvon Sidney, and like that did change the landscape of the room a little bit. But they did it through the transfer portal. This is like just reshuffling the cards a little bit. And then obviously, yes, you add Jafar Armstrong, and that's good. And I thought getting Brian Hightower by the last coaching staff was was good, and it's gonna. I think it's going to prove to be an important addition. But long term, man, it's, again, it's you're getting to a point where you can conceivably, at some positions, this being one of them, you don't have to play freshman. Yeah. Like that has just not been – a very loud topic of conversation for Illinois the last year and a half, two years, yeah. But, you know, you, you can let Ashton Holland, somebody who I think is exciting, develop at a pace that's comfortable for him, that you're comfortable with getting him out there. Same with Hank Beatty and Ian Pugh and Sean Miller. And some of those guys are going to be ready earlier than others. That's not, that's not breaking news here. But just to let it all kind of organically come together and still feel pretty solid about what you've got ready to go, that is, it's a very impressive makeover that's going to impact them now and could pay dividends in the next few years. Yeah, like coming into this year, I seriously was thinking Illinois might have the worst group of wideouts in the Big Ten, right? And now I feel like, hey, I'm not going to put them in the top half or anything. I don't even know if they're yet top ten, but I feel like it's a, a competent, potentially far more dangerous uh, wide receiver room. Based on how they're used, how they develop, I feel like you have a wide receiver room for the next couple of years you can succeed with in the passing game, right? I mean, you have a couple of top two, four, seven talents and Brian Hightower and Isaiah Williams that are going to play a lot this year. You got an under-the-radar guy who's made himself into a solid Big Ten player in Donnie Navarro. You get a transfer in Jafar Armstrong. You got an experienced guy in, in Casey Washington. Um, and then you have some long-term prospects with Patrick Bryant and those 2022 commits we're talking about. So it just they did a good job, as you said, of making over this room to where I think they can compete in the Big Ten. And it's not a position of – definite weakness anymore i think this can be a a solid group this year and one that potentially can can make a lot more bigger plays than they have in recent years i'll also say i understand why anybody who doesn't follow this team closely on a national landscape or in a midwest landscape would be very hesitant to buy into this receiver room and i think that's warranted because there's not a there's not a stat sheet that you can look at and say oh my gosh look at this it's it's just kind of a, a feel and a projection a little bit, right? And and eventually the hope is that's no longer a projection. It's just proven. And when will that be? I don't know. I mean, maybe the first few games. I I think there's a chance they can maybe get a little confidence going in the early part of this season and see where that takes them. But it's this is a very weird group in the sense of expectations and reality. Like, there's kind of a long gap there, but it's not really hard to imagine them getting to that point of fulfilled expectations. It's a very strange way. To, I don't know that I can explain it well. Yeah, I think it's a group you should be way more excited about than you were, but also a group that it's kind of hard to predict what they'll do, right? Um, so I think it's, I'm excited to see 
how they develop, how they grow, and I'm excited about the long-term future, but there's still an unknown about this group that, that makes it be like, okay, how good are they? How much have they improved in one season of shuffling the deck, uh, as you said, or as George McDonald said, it was a shock to the system of this wide receiver room, which I can tell you they very much needed after last year. All right, that's a wrap on the wide receiver room. Coming up next uh, in our Coming Up podcast, we're going to talk about a room that has seen a lot of additions as well, but the top two we know, we know well, and we think in this uh, offense can be pretty good, and that's the tight ends. Uh, so thank you for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Hope you are enjoying these position previews. Uh, follow our podcast wherever you get your podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Everybody take care of each other, and we will talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast.